Golly gee, it's time once again for the Brattlecast. One of my favorite assignments is sitting down with Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop, one of the most respected and known uh, antiquarian bookshops in the entire country, not the world for crying out loud. And uh, Ken is here with us, and you can see him in the store, 9 West Street in Boston. Visit brattlebookshop.com. And sometimes, if you look real careful, you can see him on the big screen. And we're going to talk about a movie that recently arrived to film in the in and around the store. You're actually not going to see me. You, you have to watch television oh. and, and Antiques Roadshow and all that well, to see Well, we see, see you enough, but, but, what, but, but <laughs> what happened? Well, an interesting thing is there's a lot of movies and filming and uh, shoots in Boston and Massachusetts. And one so reason I, is the tax advantage. The tax, advantage. It, it definitely uh, does that. And one... Uh, section and my we have a store manager Nicole who works a lot on this. We'll get calls when people they need a certain background, they need books, they need uh, sets, they need magazines, and we work with a lot of the movies. Sometimes they want to rent the books. You don't think about it, but we do mm-hmm. a rental business, or they buy them outright. And more of that actually depends on how their accounting is whether they're budgeted for renting or budgeted for accounting. Uh, Every once in a while, someone wants to shoot um, an advertisement or uh, use either for a movie, not for a movie advertisement, but for TV or corporate, or just uh, use our lot. Uh, And that happens. So we, we talk about usually if it's students or a very low budget, we just let people do it. If it's a a big corporation or so on, we usually talk about a fee for it. By the way, just you said something that sparked uh, a note, and that is the students are all over the place in that neighborhood because you got Emerson College and Suffolk too, and there's a lot of student filming done in that neighborhood. So I understand that completely. Emerson, Suffolk, BU actually yeah, has all the communication. You see them out there with their cameras and their tripods and their and all that. They're good kids. They're working high. Most of them are good kids, and and I'll talk about the movie that we were shooting. Yeah, but, I want to hear but, about But that. an interesting part about that is um, I do a lot of interviews. I never say no to an interview if, if a communication student wants to interview me. But uh, years ago, uh, we, we had a, a, a friend, a client, I guess. Uh, his name was Edward Bernays, and he was a, a he founded the 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 business of public relations. The, the he, father of public, public relations. relations. But when I first met my wife Joyce, she was in communications at University of Massachusetts, and I met her slightly after college. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you're in uh, PR and all that. I said, oh, you know, I, uh, there's a man named Edward Bernays. And would you like to meet him? And she goes, he's still alive? <laughs> well, he died at 104 years old. So, I mean, his career was back in the teens, 20s, 30s, 40s. You know, so you just assume. And I, I said, sure, you know, I, I'll, I'd be happy to have you meet him. And uh, I called him up and he said, yes, have her give me a call. She called him, and he said, I'd be happy to meet you at my place in Cambridge at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> and and she figured, well, he's an older man. Yeah, and, you know, and she really wanted to meet him, and he was very friendly. And and I we actually, he invited us many times after that for dinner with his wife. And he said, I invite people who want to request to meet with me and all that. 
who are not who I don't know ahead of time. Usually it's six or five thirty, six, six thirty, or tell them to call. And he said the reason I do that has nothing to do with me getting up early. It's I figure if they're not interested enough to get up and see me that early in the morning, why would I want to see them? Brilliant. Brilliant. So, so I've got to try that. Well, I actually <laughs> do that now with students. I tell them, if you want to call me and set up a time, we can talk about that. But call me at 6 o'clock. I'm in early, right. 5.36. But if they don't call me that early, I figure, well, they're not that interested. So, anyways, that's a diversion. That's all right. My, we, we love your diversions. But, but uh, And we get a lot of students who want to film in the store. Yeah. And uh, it, it's actually interesting because the first thing we ask is, well, how many people are going to be in this filming? And when they start saying 15 or 20, we uh, go, wait, uh, wait yeah. a minute. Put the reins on. We put the reins on. We say, if you want to do it on our outside lot on a Saturday morning at 9 to 10 and you do it in the back and you don't get any of the customers in, we'll let that but go. But you know, we said, we're not going to close the store. Or they say, can you open on a Sunday for us? And we go, no. No, that's <laughs> that costs money. a little unreasonable. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot of the students are great students, and they say, we have one or two. We're going to do a quick shoot. Or it's a business where we know that they're, you know, a small business. And we say, sure, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, and this was the first time we actually got a major – Hollywood movie called us up and they wanted to shoot at the store. And we said, well, you know, a major Hollywood movie, that's, we're probably going to have to close the store. And they said, yeah. Uh, But they only wanted to film in our outside. Uh, But still, there was a crew of 30, 40 people. They had to shut down the street. The movie um, was called uh, The Holdovers, and it was basically about a professor who had to stay over a Christmas holiday with one of the students, and at uh, I think it was at Deerfield Academy. And, but they came into Boston in the 1970s, and they wanted they thought our lot would make a nice scene, mm-hmm. and we said that's fine. And but then we had to negotiate because we had to close. So we said, well, if you film during the week and it's one day and maybe one day of prep, we're going to charge this much. Mm-hmm. If it's a Saturday, we're going to charge that much more because Saturday's our busiest day. And you, a lot of people don't think of that. But all of a sudden, we're in a big negotiation back and forth. Well, how how, how, how who, much? Who were you negotiating with? Was there a title of this individual? Uh, the location manager. Right, location manager. Location right. manager who then would probably check with the producer or whoever was their boss. And that went on for a week or so. And then you also talk about insurance, talk about do they have to change what the outside looks like. It turned out minor changes. They had to cover up our security cameras. Because they didn't have them back in the 70s. Well, or or anything they did have didn't didn't look look the same. Whereas we were actually fortunate because the outside of our store and the way our store looks actually fits in pretty closely. But what we didn't realize is they, the it was set in the combat zone in Boston, combat zone area, which mm-hmm. our area used to be. Right. But it was definitely a rundown. Across the street the, on some of the Suffolk University, they have these big, beautiful windows. Two days earlier, they came up, they covered them over, put grates up. 
put a dive bar setting. I mean, you wouldn't know it that it was just a, a for, front facade. Yeah. Facade. They also one of the things we really loved about this. They brought in all the cars from the 1970s. Ah, that's really fun. In in the police car from the 1970s, and you know we're watching all this. They had to close the street down. We first of all we worked out a deal where. If they came every Saturday to film, we probably would financially be better off. Uh, <laughs> but we wouldn't do that because our customers wouldn't be that thrilled. But one day was fine. The other thing is it was set during the winter. It was supposed to be Christmas vacation. Well, we had two weeks before that, we had like a 12-inch snowstorm. But the few days before they were going to film, it got up to 40 and 50 degrees. So almost all the snow melted. I didn't realize this, but they have little snow machines, but they're just little. They actually trucked in snow. The real thing? The real thing. Wow. And, and, and some of it was clean, and they were throwing dust on it oh because gosh. it had to look dirty. And I said, well, where did you get this? And they go, well, what we do is we go to shopping centers. Where, you know how they, when they plow yeah, snow? Yeah, big piles. Big piles, and they buy it. They actually, there's a commodity. <laughs> you wonder why movies cost millions and millions of dollars, every little expense. May I ask uh, a couple of things? First of all, it, it was shot daytime? It was shot daytime on a Saturday. But there was still the need to light the scene, I'm sure. It was actually a nice sunny day. But okay. yeah, they had they, they, they had some lights filling in. Right. Uh, they wanted to be in one corner. We had to make sure our outside books at that point were all books we had to move things around. Books of that era. Uh, that, well, or before. Oh, In other right. words, a lot, you know, a book from the 1870s was That's fine. fine. <laughs> but not from 2000. So we had to move that around. They were happy with that. The cots we use looks like they could have yeah. been cots used from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, the other thing that I didn't realize was there was a man. The, the star in this movie was Paul Giamatti who is a great actor. Actually, he came in, he bought some books. Oh. He actually came in a couple of weeks later and said this was one of the places he had wanted to go to in Boston anyways. John Adams himself. John Adams himself, <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, one of the things I mentioned to him about uh, my wife, because Paul Giamatti, we love his movies, but we also know that his father was president of Yale, and, and commissioner of baseball. That's right. And and I said, Bart. you know, my wife once applied for your father's job. It was after your father, so she wasn't competing with him. But about 10 years ago, they were looking for a new commissioner, and she sent them a letter <laughs> and said, I'll be commissioner of baseball, and I'll do it for half the price. Because at the time, the commissioner got paid $24 million. She said, $12 million, I'll do it. <laughs> she didn't get an answer. Nobody answered. She sent her. Can you imagine? In any case, he sort of laughed, but he was he was very nice. He was looking things. But one of the things I didn't realize, he was a very down to earth guy. But there was a stand in for him. Mm -hmm. I did. I talked to the stand in. I didn't realize that that's a profession. Oh yes, right. In other words, this man said for twenty eight years he has been a professional stand-in. What what they do is for lighting and uh, holding the scene and and con continuity and all this. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing the amount of people involved in a production, even a small scene. So the scene itself 
took all day and a day of prep. How long do you think the scene is going to be? If it's 30 or 60, it might be a minute or two. A minute a, or a minute two. two. Uh, <laughs> th- that's it. And then they also, the dive bar in the background, we didn't realize this, but they had a w- few women scantily dressed, and uh-huh. then they had extras walking back and forth, older men. And, and, and you also know that the, the cars are rented, and they're rented from collectors. They're usually, rented yeah. usually from collectors. But it was fascinating to watch them. It also, they did everything incredibly professionally, and everybody on the set was very friendly. The location people were great. And you realize that, you know, the a, a movie that's done very well and set up well is great. And you also realize at every step, if a one person wasn't right, that the whole thing could have gone into be an incredible mess. And we were actually happy they weren't filming inside because, of course, then they might have had to change things around. You wonder always, are they going to get back the way they should be? But we'd, we'd love it if more movies would use us as a set. And although I don't know that the sign will be in it, it's obvious that that area of the store, the outside, is well known. And uh, it's actually turned out to be a great area of the store. Another unintended consequence. We didn't set up the outside to be a movie set, but it is one of the most Instagram sites in Boston. If you check on Instagram, one of the, and it's because people walk by and filming and, and, and shooting and posting, and that's why they filmed at the store. The director saw this location, loved it, said, we're going to do it. Which is very important because your social media is really working well for you anyway. People love to connect and check the website and see the pages and all that. Absolutely. And but it makes it makes sense. That's what scouting location people do. They scout. Exactly. And one last story about this. Uh, the director of the Museum of Fine Arts loves books. And he came in a little before and a little after this, and we were talking with him. And they actually shot a scene at the Museum of Fine Arts. And we decided that we're going to have to go to the premiere when this movie comes out. I would. Gee whiz. <laughs> Joyce, your wife, will demand uh, limo and uh, Klieg lights and the whole bit. Right? And, and we'll go with the director of the museum. <laughs> but, again, that's something of the Brattle Bookshop or of doing business like this that people never would have thought of, never really would have been a concern but it's one of the fun things that's happened and one of the stories that you get to tell for years. And that movie, I, I hope and trust it'll be a good enough film that it'll be around for a while. People will rent it. People will watch it. I hope and so. And lo- I'll look for that scene. I'll rent it just for that. And, and uh, hopefully I'll be going to a movie theater to see it. There you go. There you go. He is Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the now acclaimed in motion picture history Brattle <laughs> Shop, <laughs> Brattle Bookshop. And I'm Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening to the Brattlecast. Thank you.